You're about to listen to Tanya's take, race, culture, and the culture of race. Hey everyone, it's Tanya from Tanya's Take. Before we jump into the episode, which is going to be about the upcoming election and uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion education being hunted down by Governor Ron DeSantis, I want to ask you to please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. Uh, And please follow me at Tanya's Take on Instagram and spread the word about the podcast as well. Okay, so this episode, I want to talk about the upcoming election via Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, who, you know, the whole (laughs) debacle of his announcement that he is going to run for president on Twitter with Elon Musk, which I like to think was the universe trying to intervene. Anyway, so old boy's running for president. And he just recently signed a bill into law that blocks Florida's public colleges from using government funding on programs supporting diversity, equity, and inclusion. And in a most clever word salad, he referred to DEI as discrimination, exclusion, and indoctrination. Isn't that adorable? Of course, and this is after he has already signed into law restrictions on gender-affirming treatments for minors, drag shows, bathroom usage, and which pronouns can be used in schools. That's according to a report by CNN. So this is all connected to his announcement, right, as a way to compete with Trump's rhetoric. And isn't it awful that this guy is the alternative? Like, these are the Republican frontrunners. And this is what confirms that the party has been lost to these extremists. And then, of course, we have Tim Scott, who is right behind them. He is the senator, South Carolina. And some Republicans who have not been lost to the complete extremism are saying, well, I'd be happy to have him be the candidate. And that's a big concern for me because this is a black man who is the perfect example of how a black person can uphold white supremacy. So years ago, Mike Pence in a debate said that um, he didn't think that implicit bias was a factor in the murder of Keith Lamont Scott by police um, uh, in Charlotte because the police officer was black, right? So he seemed to question whether there could have been any implicit bias involved given that both men were black. And that that last part is a quote from the Washington Post. So that I remember writing a blog post about that because that's a ridiculous assumption that because the men aren't black, they don't also have bias. We all have unconscious implicit bias, okay? It isn't strictly something reserved for white people. So when Pence said that, it was a completely ignorant statement. And now we have Tim Scott, who is an example of the myriad of ways in which a black person can be fully embedded in the practices of white supremacy and systemic racism and uphold it and uh, not see that that's exactly what they're doing. So this guy, he has catchphrases like uh, bitter, not better in response to systemic racism. And he says that, you know, schools are indoctrinating our kids instead of educating them. And he's against labor unions and he, he rails against, you know, victimhood and has a pull yourself up by the bootstraps mentality. 
And even the whole, so I saw him on Fox News and I watched the interview and I was like, holy cow, this is like a cornucopia of the most like um, key terms used in the arguments of uh, white supremacists or white supremacy and people who don't believe in systemic racism. And then he let the Fox News host close things up with uh, referring to his campaign essentially as from cotton to Congress, because uh, Tim Scott's grandfather picked cotton. So this is for folks who, if you're engaging in conversations where you still have people you know who are considering Trump or want Trump or are like, I don't want Trump, but I'd take DeSantis, or hey, I might not take DeSantis, but I'd take Tim Scott. These are all opportunities to sort of lay things out explicitly. And uh, again, it's it's kind of a parlor trick of sorts. Uh, I saw Anna Navarro on The View, uh, and she, as a Republican, was saying, this is, you know, Tim Scott is somebody I would be comfortable with. And I don't think she's saying that because she understands that he's not any better than DeSantis or Trump. So for this episode, I wanted to give a mini breakdown of DEI, which again is what uh, Ron DeSantis just signed a law against, right? So colleges who want public funds or public colleges who want um, funding cannot do anything that supports the education of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I wanted to sort of explicitly talk about what each of those words mean. So most of you know, right? But I want to say out loud what they mean, because they are three words that get thrown around a lot. And in some ways, they become generalized and sort of a catch-all or shorthand. Uh, And so again, I'm just trying to arm everybody with uh, the sort of weaponry that's needed in these conversations, or just make some clarifications um, for anyone listening. So this is sort of the approach I take when I'm uh, conducting a workshop. Uh, so diversity, the word, means difference across a broad spectrum of traits. And those traits can be inherent or acquired. So inherent means it's what we're born with, and acquired is what we acquire throughout our lives. And those traits make up our identity. And many of the traits are fluid and can change, right? Those acquired traits. Uh, For example, our age changes. Uh, Our religion may or may not change, right? So I was raised Catholic and now I consider myself spiritual non-denominational. Our geographic location, marital status, parent or child free, all of those are acquired, they're fluid, they can change, right? And all of those traits that I'm talking about, those acquired traits, you'll notice they go beyond the color of one's skin. And that's the reason that it's important that everybody realizes that everyone brings diverse traits into a collective. Yeah. So a lot of people who come from the dominant narrative and that I've talked a little bit about dominant narrative before. Dominant narrative is our individuals who could easily run and win president, the presidency, right? So those traits tend to be white, male, heterosexual, cisgender, right? That's the dominant narrative. 
And a lot of the time, people from the, the dominant narrative dismiss the notion of diversity or diversity, equity, and inclusion or critical race theory because they think I'm not diverse. It doesn't apply to me. But we all bring diversity to the table. Then we have the word equity. So a lot of time the word equity gets replaced by the word equality. Equality actually means that everybody in a collective is being provided with the exact same thing, all the same resources. Nothing gets distinguished or delineated, right? But equity is giving people what they need in order to be productive. So the difference being, if you have three individuals and three bikes that are the same size, and one person is super tall, one person is super small, and the third person is a, uses a wheelchair, that same bike is not going to give those three individuals what they need. But if you give each individual the type of bike that they are able to use, that's equity, right? So that's the difference between equality and equity. There's a graphic that I use that explicitly shows it. And um, the person who uses a wheelchair uses a bike that accommodates their needs. The shorter person has a smaller bike. The taller person has a larger bike. That's equity, okay? And then we have inclusion. And inclusion is leveraging difference to add value and not force people into assimilating. Right. So the idea that uh, when people are bringing in diverse perspectives, the point isn't to then turn everything into a homogenized view. The point is to take those different different traits, different perspectives, different experiences and leverage them to add value to the collective. That's DEI. Okay. And the practice of teaching DEI, or my approach, is to build awareness of one's identity and how it shows up in a collective, challenging norms dictated by the majority, empowering people to ask for what they need to feel safe and valued, sharing with folks in leadership positions how to release what has always been and sort of been the status quo and to be open to what needs to change in order to have a level playing ground. Right. So I encourage people to examine their own bias and how it interacts with other individuals, how to communicate effectively when problems arise, how to call people in when harm is caused, how to reduce harm overall, and also how to apologize when mistakes are made so that authentic relationships can thrive. So that's what I do when I come into an organization or governmental body or rehearsal process or school. And, you know, clearly that should be taught everywhere, right? Because DEI is a roadmap or a blueprint for how individuals get along when they are in a collective, right? And how to have balance across identities when we are in a culture that is always catered to the dominant narrative. That's all it is. That is why it's so obvious that when DeSantis is, you know, doing this fear mongering and signing things into law, it's not real. You know, this whole discrimination, exclusion and indoctrination, it's ridiculous. But it's very real when it gets enacted into law. That's what he did. He enacted that ignorance into law. That's when it becomes systemic. I wanted to run through those terms, arm you with that information. 
use it within conversation, clarify it with folks who might think they are clear on what it all means. And ultimately, we have to make peace with who we stand behind. So what can we do, right? Get involved in our uh, local and national election. Because systemically, we cannot have Trump or DeSantis. We just can't. So if you feel powerless, that is something you can do. But also, it's about having this kind of language at the ready, right? So if you've always had a general understanding of diversity, equity, and inclusion, but not a specific one, hopefully this is useful and has shed uh, some light or given you some different angles to approach that conversation. Same with critical race theory what gender-affirming care actually means, the importance of pronouns, uh, how to be an ally, the level of threat that our trans siblings are under, especially Black trans women, the medical apartheid on uh, Black women, how the right to choose is health care. I mean, I know there are things I'm leaving out, but really it's our responsibility to be able to speak to these things fluently and understand them explicitly so we don't waver And when those around us might waver, we have facts to help redirect them on the right path. Okay, that's what I got. So this is the, uh, this is my last episode for this season, so to speak. I think I'll be coming back in late June with some episodes when the second season of Just Like That debuts. Uh, The reason is because it's an opportunity to do one of my favorite things, which is look at pop culture happening through the zeitgeist um, and examine that uh, experience through the lens of DEI. And in this case, season one of the series added two black women and an Indian woman and attempted to address other issues such as trans identity and homosexuality, but it was done in a way that was really cloying and obvious and ended up being more othering than I think they had intended. For the first season, I was able to have some really rich, fun conversations um, about those episodes. So I want to do that again. So you can look out for those. Just know that you don't have to be a fan of the show or watch the new episodes in order to gain insight on intersectionality and inclusion. You will have takeaways that translate to your own life as well. I'd love to hear from you. Message me after you've listened to an episode, comment on posts or stories on Instagram. I promise you my page is a place where no toxic behavior or shenanigans are tolerated, and I've got your back. Okay, so DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, not discrimination, exclusion, and indoctrination. Okay, bye. (laughs) Oh, Lordy.